0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Own Your Journey podcast. My guest today is Hunter Barco, University of Florida Commit, All-American. Hunter, what's up, my man? Oh, nothing much. Thank you for having me on here. For sure. It's uh, it's exciting to have a, a two-way guy, an elite two-way guy on the podcast. A lot of uh, different directions that that we can go. I, I know a lot of players listening uh, are also two-way, so you're our first two-way player, I think. Um, at least I've talked to you this far. So uh, looking forward to getting your insights. Um, all right, let's just dive right into um, kind of how you got into baseball and how you got to this point. Uh, where does the story begin for you? Uh, well, I started playing t-ball at a little rec league by my house.
1: Uh, I didn't start playing travel ball until I was 11 years old. Uh, started with some local teams. And then uh after my... 13 you summer, the East Cobb Astros called me and asked if I would play for them. So I played
0: for them for the last four years and absolutely loved it. Awesome. Um, so talk to me about being a two-way player, especially one at the level that you're at. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of pressure from people, I imagine, like, oh, you got to pick one or the other. Uh, what has that been like? Do people push you one way or the other? And if so, you're still a two-way player going to University of Florida. How have you kind of separated yourself from those people trying to point you one way or the other? Um.
1: Well, my high school coaches, they've always been good with letting me do both. Um, they just, they'll just let me do both as long as I impact the team on both sides of the ball. And the University of Florida is great. Uh, they've allowed me to do both or at least get an opportunity to do both. And... um whether I end up at college or pro ball next year, uh, hopefully the team will let me at least get an opportunity. Um, but I've just told the guys, if you pay me to do one, then I'll do one and help the team however I can.
0: Right, I think that's the right way to go about it. What advice do you have for a player who's not going to University of Florida, who's you know a two way player, trying to figure out um, if they should do both or pick one and like really try to get better at one or the other? Uh, do you have any advice? Um, for a player listening to this who's in that situation? Uh, if you love doing both, then do both as long as you can. Um,
1: unless you feel like something's hurting you or something's stop- or stopping you from advancing at one more than the other, uh, I would just continue to do both and just keep grinding through it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to me a bit about um, what the exposure process was for you. Um, obviously, you're a player with with strong abilities, but... Um, what steps did you take to get to the level that you're at in terms of being an All-American, being committed to University of Florida? Um, obviously, you mentioned travel ball, playing for East Cobb Astros. Uh, did you do anything else besides that? I've done a few perfect game showcases,
1: uh, but most of the exposure came from playing tournaments at a high competition and just going out there every day and just working hard and showing everybody what you have and uh, if you're a good player the teams will come to you you don't have to come to anybody um you know, just keep working and show everybody that you're going to give 110 percent every time you every time you take the field
0: at what point did you realize like this baseball thing is something that you're pretty good at um i think just growing up i've
1: I feel like I was the best player on a lot of teams, and once you start getting to a higher level, there's a lot of good players, and you got to find something to separate yourself. And there will be some players that don't work as hard as you, and there will be some players that work harder than you, and your job as a player is to just outwork everybody because once you start playing at a high level, everybody has talent. It's all about who works the hardest and who's willing to do what others aren't to get there.
0: Talk a little bit about what that means to you. So, what are some of the things specifically that you've done, you know, over the past four or five years that created that uh, separation that you have right now?
1: Uh, getting on the baseball field as many times as you can. Uh, do stuff when people aren't looking. It's not just about when colleges or pro teams or whoever's watching you. It's about what you do on your own time to get better. And getting in the weight rooms, part of that. Taking as many ground balls, as many fly balls as you can. As a pitcher, it's kind of hard because you don't want to throw every single day. Um, but when you do have your time in the bullpen, make the most out of it. Don't take any pitches off and focus on everything you do, every
0: little detail. Um, so one question I had, one question that we get a lot that I don't really have a great answer to because I was not a pitcher, is uh, arm strength. Everyone's always looking for um, a program, whether it's lifting, throwing, both uh, bands. Um, how did you build up your arm strength to the point where, you know, you're a high level, uh, D1 pitcher and also a hitter, but, um, how did you build up the arm strength? Anything uh, specific that you could share?
1: Uh, A lot of guys like weighted balls. I've never been into that. Um, it's pretty much just finding something that works for you. And what I found works for me is I long toss three to four times a week. Um, the best way to do that is just throwing every ball. Hard and on a line. So, you don't ever want to get balls with air underneath it when you're long tossing. You want to try and throw it straight through the guy's chest, no matter how far out you are, Uh, because that works on throwing hard downhill, which is exactly what you do on the mound. Uh, I do bands before I throw. I don't really do it as a workout. I do it more just to get loose and get stretched. And in the weight room, as a pitcher, you never want to get your upper body tight. So, I would say, Heavy benching isn't a very good thing to do, uh, but working on legs and squats and deadlifts, um, every anything you can to make your legs stronger, because velo comes from the ground up.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the hitting side now. Um, I think pitching is a little more uh, process driven. Like I think there's a straight line where it's like, okay, you do certain things, like the arm strength should at least come. You know, it comes at different levels for everybody at different yes, times. So what do you do to stay sharp um with your swing, you know, are you do you have like a local hitting coach? What are some of the drills that you do um, you know, to have a high level swing? Uh, I've been working with a guy. Um
1: he has been at my high school. His son is actually now a shortstop at Tennessee. Uh but he's worked with me since I was 13, 14 years old. And pretty much just everybody's swing is different. You you can look at the major leagues Not and not any one player has the same swing as somebody else. Um, so it's just finding what works for you and just sticking to that and taking as many swings as you can. You can never take too many swings and just getting in the cage and just working, working, working. And once you get a swing built up in the cage, then it transfers over to BP. Make sure you have the same swing going and hopefully you want, you want to get that to transfer into the game. Uh, so you want to have the same swing for the cage BP and in the game, and once I feel like once players can do that, then they'll be successful.
0: Sure, no, that makes total sense. Um, so talk about you mentioned you know you've always kind of been like the the best player on the team. Um, I'm sure there's some players who can relate to that. Um, but talk about I can't imagine it's just been a straight line. I mean, baseball is a game of failure. Talk about um, any failures that you've had. They could be big, like an injury or something like that. It could be, you know, just getting rocked on one specific outing. Is there anything along the way that um, has helped keep you grounded in terms of like the adversity that the game brings? And then if so, uh, how did you work through those tough moments?
1: Uh, well, I mean, baseball is a game of failure. If you go
0: three for 10, you'll be in the
1: hall of fame. Um, but I mean, as a pitcher, you're always going to have your bad games every now and then. Uh, I mean, I can think of times on multiple occasions where I've just gone out and not had my best stuffed and gotten knocked around a little bit. Uh, the best thing to do there is just keep, keep, stay focused and just keep throwing strikes and letting your defense work because once you start getting in your head and start throwing balls, that's when it get, everything gets out of control. If you can stay in the zone and just letting your defense do their job, then hopefully you can get out of it. But you never want to let your emotions show on the mound. You always want to have a calm head because once the other team knows that they beat you, then it's all over. Uh, you always want to, you never want to let the opponent think that they could beat you. Even if you're losing, even if you're getting knocked around, you still want to have that confidence on the mound and at the plate. Um, my sophomore year, I think I went for a streak where I was 0 for 25, something like that with around 20 strikeouts. Uh, I, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. Um, but the key to that is just. Getting in the cage, getting swings on the field and trying to get back to your comfortable swing. Cause when you get in a slump, every, every hitter knows this. Uh, you just, you feel like you can't hit a baseball and you don't know what you're doing up there. Um, but everything just, everything will come in full circle and you just got to keep on grinding through it and never letting, never letting the failure get to your head. You always want to keep working and
0: have a positive mindset. And I think uh, a point to build off that would be in terms of like the body language side and the, the mental aspect, um, would you say, I mean, you've been through the recruiting process. You've probably talked to more than just one coach, I imagine. Like, I feel like the the whole body language thing, like no coach is going to come out and be like, wow, uh, Hunter, we were really impressed with your body language. It's an unspoken thing where you almost need to have it. And it's never going to come up in conversation unless you have bad body language. And then at that point, you're probably just getting crossed off the list. Would you say that's kind of the case? Like it sounds like you're someone who uh, takes seriously, um, the, the mental gamesmanship almost of like, look, even if you're in that slump or getting rocked a little bit in a start, um, you know, you seem like a guy who's going to be out there kind of steadfast. Um, would you say like that's never really come up probably in conversations, but how do you keep yourself cool in those moments, I guess, is is what I'm asking is like, how do you, is there something you reflect on? Is there something you think about um when you're out there in those adverse moments, like when you're in the game, what, like what, what's the thought process?
1: Um Well, baseball, you know, you're going to play tomorrow. You know, there's always going to be another game. Um I mean, there's, There's guys that go out there, and when they're not having a bad game, they'll throw their helmet, throw their bat, do something like that. And you know that the guys that are there watching you, they'll either cross you off or just not come watch you again. And that's never something you want to have happen as a player because there's a lot of good players with bad body language that don't get the opportunities that they should just because they show themselves on the field. Um, I mean, everybody knows in baseball you get frustrated. Uh, That's what happens when you play a game of failure. And the key to that is just, just keeping a calm head. And the way that I've dealt with that is just trusting all the guys around me. I mean, it's a team game. So you know, you have a team that's there behind you. And when you don't have your best stuff, you hope that they'll back you up. And if you're a good quality team, uh, then those guys, then you know in your heart that those guys will back you up. So there's really no reason to show emotion just because you're failing because you you have
0: expectations for your teammates to pick you up if that makes sense. Right. Um, so talk a little bit about your recruiting process. Um, when did you commit to Florida? Um, was it easy? Was it hard? Um, obviously, you're a super talented player, but um, you know, just curious, like how the process was uh, for you and. Ultimately, I guess what what led you to choose Florida over other places? Uh, well, when I was fourteen, I committed to University of Virginia
1: and so I was committed there for three years and I loved the program, loved the coaching staff, loved everything about it. Um, but after the, or during this summer, I just realized that that's not where I wanted to play baseball. It had nothing to do with anything that happened. It was just a uh, personal choice. And so this summer I decommitted and I recommitted to Florida. It was, it just made better sense. It's closer to home. Uh, great pitching staff, great pitching program with what O'Sullivan's done over there. Um, but yeah, it just, when I decommitted, I talked to coach O'Sullivan and he said there was an open spot and he'd be happy to give me an opportunity to play there.
0: Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that you decommitted. Um Okay. Um, Let's dive into a couple more, uh, like more fun questions, I guess, okay. to close out this interview. Um, what's what's the coolest part about being committed to a program like University of Florida?
1: Uh, well, you know, if the draft doesn't go the way you want to, or um, or the money's not there, then you always have a plan at the University of Florida, which you can't go wrong in either case. Uh, you're either playing professional baseball or you're playing at the one of the number one teams in the country, one of the top teams in the country. So there's no, there, you can't go wrong either way. And I'm excited for whatever happens next.
0: Right. Yeah, you're definitely in a win-win situation. Um, who's the coolest person you met, um, along this journey? I guess the last uh, two years specifically, when with all like the All American Game stuff. Uh, who's the coolest person you've gotten to meet? Um, well, the
1: coolest person that I've gotten to play with, or just because I grew up playing with it, I, I love Tyler Callahan. He's from Jacksonville. Uh, so we-, we grew up playing together, stayed with him at every hotel this summer, did every event with him. So that was awesome getting to, uh, getting to travel around with your buddy
0: and playing baseball with him too. For sure. Uh, any off the field ambitions, um, whether while you're still playing or uh, when you retire one day, whenever that is, uh, any off the field goals that, that you're pursuing? Uh, well, right now, mine's pretty much just set on baseball.
1: Uh, I haven't quite decided what I want to study at Florida yet. Probably something in business or economics. Um, but I, I haven't really thought much about that. Uh, just right now, my mind's set on
0: baseball. And, um, yeah, no, I haven't really thought much about that. Makes sense. All right, one more fun question, and then I'll ask my last question, and then we'll okay. wrap this up. Um, but being a two-way guy, I think this is interesting. Who's the toughest pitcher you faced as a hitter, and who's the toughest hitter you faced as a pitcher?
1: Uh, the toughest pitcher that I faced, I would have to say Joseph Charles. Um, when I faced yeah. him at East Coast Pro, he was absolutely electric. Uh, everything he had was working, and he was just absolutely dominating the mound. Uh and then at the on the mound, I'd say the hardest hitter that I faced would be Houston Morrill. He is now at Oklahoma State. Um I've played him in high school ball the last four years, and every time that he stepped into the box it was just a fight. It was a dog fight. And me and him have a bunch of respect for each other. It's we were uh district opponents, so um so we always had a, a kind of a fire and a rivalry against each other. But at the end of the day, we were friends and we respected each other.
0: Love it. All right. Well, I'm going to squeeze in one more quick one. Okay. Um, just because you're, you're in the All-American circle and whatnot, who out of you guys in terms of, you know, the All-Americans, the same crew I'm sure you go to most of kind of the elite events with, who's your pick for who has the most successful big league career? And it's okay to say yourself. It's okay. Most successful big league career. Um.
1: I would have or to go. One. I would have to go with. Hmm.
0: It's a tough one. I mean, yeah, you have is, a loaded class. You have, yeah, a, you have a loaded class. It's um, okay, to say yourself, that would show a lot of confidence. And then we'll, we'll have this forever, and we'll look back in in ten years. But you go with what your gut says. Um. Well, I mean, as a
1: player, I know myself, and I would like to say that I have that I would have a successful big league career, and I believe that. Um. And I also think that if I had to choose somebody else, I would say Riley Green just because I, I've played with him and I see how he handles himself and he has a bunch of confidence on the at the plate and he
0: doesn't back down from any at-bats. So I would have to go with Riley. Good choice. Yeah, this is the first, to be honest, this isn't the first interview. I don't know what order people are listening to this, but this is the first time I've asked them on that. And from now on, I will be asking every person who's on this podcast. And I just, I just want to know who's the consensus for most likely to be successful in the yearbook on this podcast. And then we'll, we'll be able to figure it out that way. Um, but, you know, appreciate the, the humility and uh, the honest answer there. Um, okay. So the last question, which I do ask everybody. Um, who comes on the Owner Journey podcast, is if you could have one piece of advice, could be about anything, could be life advice, exposure advice, development advice. What's one piece of advice for a player listening right now that they can take and start implementing right now? I would say no matter how bad a game goes or how bad you feel one
1: day, just keep on working and don't ever... Don't ever push yourself to be as good as somebody else. Push yourself to be as good as you can be because that's the only variable that you can control. You can control how hard you work, how hard you play, and the fire that's in your gut when you're playing.
0: Yep. So that, I think that's really That's what I, would I have to that's say. Really, that's really practical advice, I think, you know. It's not something that really is that hard to to implement. Um so thank you for that. Um Hunter, thank you for your time. Where can these people Find you on social media. Where do you want them to follow you? I uh, can follow me on Instagram at hunter underscore barco seven. And Twitter has the same handle as that, hunter underscore barco seven. Awesome. Definitely recommend. I, I've obviously enjoyed, you know, you and I know each other a little bit. So it's been sure. uh, good to do this and, and dive a little deeper. And, uh, you know, hopefully people found this valuable. But I think it was a great conversation. So thank you for doing this on behalf of everyone listening. Yes, sir, thank you for having me on here. All right, everybody. That's it for us today. This is another episode of the Own Your Journey podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Leave us a nice review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, And will help us uh, spread the word of these stories of these amazing athletes. So um, until next time, this is the Own Your Journey podcast. And we'll see you next time. These stories of these amazing athletes. So um, until next time, this is the Own Your...